I have something brand new that I'm super excited to share with you. It's called the Community Creators Hub, and I've made it just for you. You can search through every episode of this podcast by keyword, download all of my favorite guides and resources, and find all of my recommended tools for community creators. And the best part? It's completely free. Just go to Community Creators Hub, that's Community Creators Hub, H-U-B, dot com to get your free access. Today's guest leveraged her personal brand to become a millionaire by the age of 23. We're catching up with her to find out how she did it and hear what's going on with her business now as she makes a big shift in the program she delivers. This is for you, the online business owner who wants to maximize your profit and multiply your impact. I'm Shanna, host of the Community Creators Podcast. I've spent over a decade helping top brands and entrepreneurs create thriving communities that increase their reach, retention, and revenue. This podcast is where I share my best insights and invite you into conversations with the world's leading community creators and cultivators. So grab your favorite mug, fill it up, and let's get started. Lauren Tickner is the founder of Impact School. She became a millionaire by the age of 23 and has been on the same stages as people like Alex Ramosi, Gary Vee, and has been able to interview people like Grant Cardone, but you may not even know who she is. So we're going to be talking to Lauren about how she built her personal brand, how she leveraged selling in the direct messages on social media to grow a massive business, and then how she's making a big shift now actually away from having a big sales team and moving towards a more recurring revenue model. All right, there is so much we're going to be diving into today. I cannot wait for you all to hear Lauren's story and get to know how brilliant she is when it comes to marketing. Lauren, I'm so glad you're here. Thanks for being here. Yeah, thanks for having me. This is going to be fun. And I know that we have a lot of the same interests. So we're going to deliver a ton of value to your people. Yeah, this is going to be awesome. And we've known each other for a while through like Clubhouse and have chatted like on WhatsApp and the DMs and stuff, but we've never actually had a conversation face to face. So this is going to be really good. So to start us off, you have to tell us what is your favorite community you've ever been a part of? And what did you love about it? So I actually live in Dubai. And I feel just generally in Dubai, there's a really amazing community of online entrepreneurs and everybody shares the same values of freedom, not wanting to pay taxes, independence. And they're kind of my people, you know, everybody's pretty into health and fitness as well. And so when it comes down to like general communities, I'd say that's my favorite. My second favorite when it comes to business, let's say, I'm a part of Simple Operations, which is a program run by Alex Schaffen. And this has just been incredible for my company as a whole because my operator, general manager, she didn't really have anyone that she was like friends with, but she gets to be around a bunch of other operations people. And I feel that that's really helped our business as a whole get to the next level. And for me personally, it's been amazing because it's like a very vulnerable room when you're kind of around a bunch of other CEOs and Alex is just smart as hell. So I love that guy. Yeah. Alex is so awesome. We were chatting a while back when he was trying to figure out like what was his next shift in his business because he had his book that he released that did really well. And he cares a lot about health and biohacking. And then how does that fit into what he's doing from an operations perspective? We were just talking about getting him on the podcast too. So hopefully we'll have him on soon. But I love when you find a community, not just for you, but also for a leader in your business. Like we find with our retention consulting group that the leaders are the ones who really thrive the most because 
they aren't at the masterminds. They aren't going to the events. And so for them to find somebody else who's in a similar role with a similar size company doing this similar size thing online, it just opens up a whole world for them. Totally. You're so right. I think it's really easy to join masterminds and go to events when you're a business owner. But like when you're working inside of an online company, you're not necessarily always around people who are doing the same things. And life is pretty different because you go to like a family party or meet with your friends and most of them are in like corporate jobs or brick and mortar companies. So it's very, very different for sure. I always find I'm like at a at a party or gathering and I'm like, I don't know what I'm going to talk to any of you about because like I'm a weird natural health hippie. Most of you all aren't. I run my own business. Most of you all don't or your stay-at-home moms. And you know, eventually we find our connection points, but it can definitely be a little bit challenging. Okay, so I want to dive in because, I mean, you're known for becoming a millionaire by 23. And when people hear that, they're like, okay, what kind of shady things did she do to get there? But... <laughs> That is not true. You didn't do that. You understood what it took to build an online business. And I'm guessing probably had to figure a lot of it out yourself. So can you talk a little bit just about what you attribute your success to at this point? How did you get to this place where you're making millions of dollars online? Yeah. So my first money that I made online was kind of by accident because I started this fitness Instagram account when I was 16 years old. And people started asking me like, Hey, Lauren, can you sell me a training program or something? And I was like, well, people don't really make any money in fitness. So no, I'm not going to do that. I'm just doing this purely for my own interest. And cause I wanted to make friends with other girls that were into weight training. Cause you know, a decade ago, that wasn't like a very common thing. And so I made a ton of friends and that was an incredible community actually back in the day on, on the early days of Instagram. Instagram. And I, I think that was before that they even had DMs. I think you had to comment on people's posts to be able to chat to each other. At least there was no stories. And so long story short, I was working in corporate asset management and I would always go on Instagram on my phone, like in the bathroom in my breaks, which I made happen more often than they probably should have. And I would like start talking to people. And this one guy was always traveling. Like he was in Bali at that time. And I said to him, I had him on WhatsApp. I was like, what are you doing in Bali? He's like, oh, I'm on an influencer trip. I'm like, what do you mean an influencer trip? Like, what does that mean? And he's like, yeah, they just paid for me to come out here and to make content. And I post it on my social. And he had a similar size following to me. And I was like, what? How does this work? Like, hook me up, get me involved with this. And he told me, well, Lauren, you're working a job. Like I'm selling online fitness programs. And I thought, huh, you're onto something here. Especially because back then, you know, I'm super young. I'm super naive. I don't have any potential downside risk that I see as an opportunity. So I connected with one of my friends who I knew was already selling online coaching. And we launched a program together. And at the same time, I think I generated somewhere between 10 and 15,000 pounds. So whatever that was back then in USD. And it was more than I was making pretty much in the whole year in my corporate job. So I handed in my notice the day after I got paid my bonus. And then I went on my way and I started doing the online coaching thing. And the way that I figured it out in the beginning days is one through partnering with this guy. But then secondly, we only did that for like a couple months. I was just obsessed with listening to podcasts. Like I literally listened to so many podcasts you would not even believe. I didn't know that business coaching or getting consultants to help you or joining programs was a thing back then. It just, it wasn't even something that was within my realm of possibility because I always heard people say, all good coaches have coaches. So I thought, okay, well, I need to hire a fitness coach then. (laughs) 
because I just didn't, I didn't see anything else out of my industry. Like it's all I knew. And so I think that's one of the things that I notice now is quite funny with like online marketers and people who are like in the digital marketing space. I feel that they just are so brainwashed by only seeing what's going on in the digital marketing community that you fail to kind of connect the dots with other potential possibilities. And then finally, once I began to connect with my clients who were doing all different sorts of things in the real world, I realized, wow, like I am so in the fitness industry that this is ridiculous. Like I need to get myself out there and to do other things because otherwise I'm just going to stay stuck. Like, you know, just with this same group of people for the rest of my life who all they do is track macros, go for really long walks and do workouts. So that was kind of the early days for me. And then doing what I do now was never something as well that I intended to do. I feel a lot of people are in the same boat as well, where when the market is giving you something, you need to listen to it. So I was always asked to speak at these fitness events. They were asking me to talk about social media. (laughs) And so after finally listening and thinking, well, hmm, I just listened to a podcast about webinars and I just did a speech on stage about how to get clients with social media. Maybe I could do this online. So I did this webinar and I am literally, I I got a list ready of 3000 people from my social media ready to go to my live webinar, which that's a lot of people, by the way, like on average, I think most people get below 500 to come to a live webinar. So I would have assumed about like half of them would have shown up live. And so I hit go live and my webinar system just like freezes. And so I'm sat there in my office and I'm like, what is happening? Because I'd never done a webinar before. I went live in my Facebook group and I was like, guys, I don't know what's just happened, but this thing isn't working. So like, let's get it done here. And so I quickly was like, just wait there for a second. I emailed my list and I got them to come into the Facebook group for the live stream. And so that was a quick save from me, but it was crazy stressful. And I just thought, you know what? Maybe the universe is like trying to tell me that I shouldn't be doing this like online thing. But at the end of that, I launched this course and I think this was in 2018 and I made more than 20. And it was crazy to me. I made 20K from one talk. You know, I couldn't believe it. That was so cool. And so then basically I went on vacation and I just began to realize like, I think I can do this. And essentially that's how I got into what I do today. So at that point you were teaching building a following on social media or monetizing social media? At that point I was literally teaching how to make a little bit of money, but to build a personal brand. Like it was like the course was called Impact Through Influence and like how to make a six figure personal brand. (laughs) And then you still have impact in your name because now you have impact school. So where did you kind of shift and really launch into impact school? Yeah, so I had a podcast which was it was called Impact School. And before that, I had a podcast called Business Meets Fitness. And so people kind of knew me again, more the business side in the fitness industry. And then what would end up happening is I kept getting all these DMs from like productivity coaches or people who had agencies. And they were like, Lauren, I really like what you talk about because I never really made my content specific to like how to scale a fitness coaching business. It's just that that was what I was from. So it's what I taught and I didn't feel credible to teach anything else. But I took on a few clients like test pilots. That's what I called them. And I said to them, hey, like I have no idea if this is going to work for you. I know that this works for fitness, but like, let's get it. And this one girl, her name was Francesca. She was selling a program for 6,000 euros. And uh, I was really, really nervous to help her because she had like a decent audience and she was pretty established and more corporate, you know? But yeah, she actually went from really struggling to sell her program to making 20 grand a month. And I thought, okay, well, I've been able to help her like, and these other people, Not those ones didn't get such like incredible results, but they got way more than what they paid for. So at that point had this podcast and I was on this road trip with this 
this girl that worked for me and like I was always setting in the DMs and she was the closing them so we were like on this road trip and I was just on my laptop while she was driving taking these sales calls and um, it was pretty funny but I said to her I was like somebody just asked for an invoice and like I don't know what company name to put like should I just put my name she was like well I like the name impact school why don't we just go with that and so I thought cool let's do it and so we just literally went with that because that was already the podcast which people knew because I'd already by that point interviewed like quite a few big names like Grant Cardone and stuff and so that's really how that came to be but even back then we were selling like various different online courses and then only in 2019 did we shift into like one primary package that we were selling which thank heavens we did because obviously in 2020 things went crazy for us in a positive way and yeah if we hadn't have made those moves in 2019 I think things would have been really really challenging. So you went from selling multiple courses to selling one package so was that one-on-one consulting group consulting group program what was that package? It was like a fusion between one-on-one and group and we were selling that for I think back then we were selling that 15k and we were getting great results for our customers and clients most of our clients were also paying on either a payment plan of three times 5k or 15k paid in full. awesome I love it. And one of the things I love about you, and we can talk about your shift and what you're kind of shifting to now in a little bit, but one of the things I love about you, and it's kind of coming out and what you're talking about is this whole idea of like setting in the DMs and leveraging your DMs to sell. And for those of you that aren't, you're like, what is she talking about? Setting and closing sales terms. So setting is getting somebody scheduled to get on a call with somebody who's ultimately going to sell them. And that's the closer who's closing the deal, right? You leverage DMs really well. And I don't think it's just DMs. It's a combination of having the personal brand and the influence, leveraging your DMs to establish like connection and get that appointment set. Um, But also there's an automation piece in there as well. So can you talk a little bit about that framework? Because I feel like it, it doesn't matter what you're selling you being able to leverage that is what is going to help you be successful in whatever program you're selling. Yeah, like with regards to automation, you can automate through tech and tools, or you can automate through people and processes that people follow, or a combination of the both. And so I'm really big on combining tech with people. My belief is let systems run the business and let people run those systems, because then you're able to create freedom for yourself and processes that continuously work again and again and again without necessarily breaking. And so for example, like a lot of people really struggle to get leads and I think the reason why people struggle to get leads and this isn't just me like making an assumption this is really like we've ran lead gen for like a lot of big name influencers and obviously ourselves and tons of our clients and the reason why it doesn't work is because you are not seen as an authority in the mind of the people who are consuming your content because at the end of the day value is only given to somebody at the point of consumption but if they aren't consuming what it is that you're offering because they don't know why they should listen to you then there is no opportunity to actually give value so you can be putting out as much free stuff as possible but if no one's consuming it then they're never receiving what it was intended for and so what I really believe in is first of all ensuring that you can get people to listen to what you're saying and you unfortunately as a British person this is much against my natural behavior but you have to be able to talk about yourself and all the things that you've done in order to get people to initially listen to you so the framework that I use for this is like let's say you were at a cocktail party and you were to turn to someone and you were to tell them like your top three accomplishments in business, what is it that's going to literally make their jaw drop? So when I was in fitness, I used to just be able to show people a before and after photo because I was 50 pounds heavier than I am now. And so I could show that 
And immediately I had credibility in their mind because I'd lost weight years ago and I'd kept it off for that whole entire time. And I was still lean and shredded right now. Simultaneously, with regards to what I do now, if I tell people that I became a millionaire at the age of 23, they're literally like, whoa, that's crazy. And then I'm like, yeah, without having a sugar daddy or daddy's money or doing multi-level marketing, like I was able to do it through selling my knowledge online. And then casually, I'm able to go into a topic and people now listen to me with more credibility. It's kind of like when you go to a party, like if you're wearing a Rolex or something as a woman, people listen to you better. And I wish that wasn't the fact of the matter, but it is ultimately just the truth. So I kind of do a variety of different things that do get people to pay more attention to me. So it could be a photo of you with someone who is quite a credible figure. For example, like whenever I post a photo of me with Gary Vee, then people actually read that caption better. Or if I go in with a cocktail party brag, as I call it, like as the first line, which would be something along the lines of like, my business hasn't dropped below 100k in profit per month for as long as I can remember boom, then people listen to you. So for example, like if you were to do something, she's like, I've scaled 20 plus memberships to eight figures in annual recurring revenue. And here are the five mistakes most people make when they're trying to scale their membership, something like this, then people immediately start listening to you. And so just to your point, the reason I'm going in so much depth on this is because I always hear people say, lead generation just isn't working for me. I'm trying everything, all the different strategies. Hormozy just launched a whole entire course, but like it just doesn't work. And that's just fundamentally incorrect. The reason why it doesn't work is most likely because you are not executing it properly because you're using the wrong method for the people who are your clientele or simply because you just don't have authority in people's minds. And oftentimes you do actually have authority. You're not just presenting it very clearly in a way that gets people to listen. So once you figure out how to actually get people to listen to you, then it's pretty easy just to do what I like to call a sideways call to action. So let's say you're making a post and it's like how I was able to get my clinic to 200k in profit per year. The first post is just like, boom, a value point. Second point is like, boom, another value point. But within the second point, and I always like to do this in the second point because it's close enough to the top of the content. It's that stage where they've consumed enough content to actually be interested. And I made an exact step-by-step process on how I do this for my team. Let me know if you'd like to see this as well. And then you will get so many messages from people who start commenting and start going in the DMs. Like it's a sideways call to action because you're not like doing a crazy CTA, like DM me, whatever keyword it is. But instead it's more just like casual. It's kind of sideways. Like if you kind of just like, you know, slip it out your mouth and then people start to listen to you and they start taking the action. And then from there, obviously that's like, if you want to do like a sideways CTA style, if you want to just do a direct CTA, like DM the word info and I'll send you the info on how it works. Obviously you can do that too. But for people who are like in early, earlier stages of making content, I don't advise doing that so often because it can come across a little too salesy. Then once you have someone in the DMs, essentially the first thing to do is acknowledge them. Don't just spam them. You always want to be able to compliment them and go look at their profile and actually look at it and then give them a personal compliment. And then from there, you want to ask an open-ended question. And it's really important. It's an open-ended question because otherwise they might just not reply. So if I was to say to you like, okay, um, wow, you are really, really successful with memberships. I think what you're doing looks really, really cool. Okay. It's kind of a really bad compliment, but sure. And then I was to ask you like, do you want to make more money online? Right? Like, you know, it just kind of looks a bit spammy. Or if I was to ask you like, are you selling an online course or something random? The yes or no just kind of ends the conversation. It's closed ended. Whereas if you were to ask, oh, wow. So what exactly is the business model that you're trying to scale throughout the rest of the year? Then you tend to go into a bit more detail. Maybe you'd say, oh, I have a membership. And then you can just, again, acknowledge, compliment, ask the question. So then you just basically qualify them, make sure that they're a good potential client. I don't know how in-depth you want me to go on this. I can stop and you can ask me a question maybe because... 
essentially once they're in the DMs, you just want to be able to figure out for you and your business, what are the checkpoints that you need to tick off before you can actually make an offer to somebody. So for example, for us, we essentially want to know that they're looking to sell their knowledge online, that they already are experienced, either they have client testimonials or they've been doing it for a while for another company or something like, can they actually genuinely get results? And then the third and final thing is that they have intent to start working with us right now. We don't just directly say, do you have intent to work with me and pay me money right now? We'll ask an open-ended question saying, oh, okay, so you mentioned that you'd watched the webinar about the seven areas of impact. Just out of interest, what in particular took your fancy and wanted to make you reach out? And they'll say like, oh, well, I've been really struggling to get leads and it made it clear to me as to why I can't get leads and blah, 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 blah. And I really want to start working with you guys right now. Boom. At that point, that's when we would send the offer. If they didn't say that last sentence, which was like, and I want to work with you right now, then we would ask another open-ended question to try and figure out their level of intent. And are they here just to chat or are they here because they're actually interested? And if it's taking like more than three messages for us to figure that out, we would just say like, you know what? It seems like you found us at a really, really great time actually right now because it's the last day of the month, you know, make a reason as to why they should take action now. It is the last day of the month because it's the last day of the month. We thought that it, and by the way, you can say whatever it is. There's this really cool study about someone cutting in a line and when they gave a reason as to why they were cutting in the line, the other people around them didn't really care. Whereas if they just cut in the line, like the people around them got pissed off. So because it's the last day of the month, because it's the first day of the month, because it's just about to be Labor Day, you know, whatever it happens to be, we thought that it would be something that you're potentially interested in is, is getting into our impact OS. Like, would you be open to me sending a quick video? It's only 7.5 minutes on double speed uh, where I can break down all the information for you. And then they'll say yes or no, I'm not interested right now. If not interested, cool move on if interested okay great what's your best email address and i'll send that over pop it in the crm boom email it over and then in five minutes follow up with them on the chat i email that over to you did you get it they send yes or no they got it okay cool um i can wait right here while you check that out right now do you have seven and a half minutes to watch that right now most of the time they'll say yeah cool i'll check it out then go back to them five minutes later how we look in and then you know kind of from there you just want the video to actually like oftentimes i mean it's probably about 20 percent. they'll actually just go through and book the call themselves and if they don't then you know depending on where you're talking to them you could just phone them up because your video is actually getting them to book right like at the end you'll give them an option to book yeah and we've also had a video as well where by we've done this we were testing them both right now just because i don't have a giant DM sales team right now. And I don't really want that anymore. I'm actually trying to get the video just to get them to apply. And then once they've applied, we approve them or we decline them. And if they are approved, then they pay a hundred dollars to get on a sales call with a member of my team. So at the moment we are not trying to sell in the DMs, but however, we did that for about four years where in the video, there'd be two options. Like, are you at this stage or this stage of business? And at the end of the video, it would say like, let me know which stage you're at this stage or this stage. And then they would come back in the DM and they would say, oh, I'm at the lead and scale phase or whatever it was. And then from there, it was pretty easy for us just to continue the conversation. Okay, great. So in that case, then you'd be a really good fit for da 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 Oh, that makes sense. So they're self-selecting where they are. And then, you know, I've got program A or program B or like they're not a fit for my one program. So we're going to send them in a different direction. I love this. So you had a team that was helping you do this. Obviously, if you're listening to this and you're just like a one person team or you've got a small team, you can do this as well. Did you ever incorporate, you know, nowadays everybody's like, 
you've got to use ManyChat. My team just started, we haven't used ManyChat for a long time because for me, it was all about, I had the capacity to do it personally. And so I would, if I could. Now, if it went beyond that, we were going to incorporate ManyChat. And so it did go beyond that. So they've been working on ManyChat and I am still, I'm going back. I actually told my assistant this morning, I was like, I'm going into ManyChat myself and I'm going to reconfigure this whole thing because it just doesn't feel like me. It doesn't feel super personal. It doesn't feel like it's starting conversation. So did you ever incorporate a tool like a DM automation tool like ManyChat? Do you leverage that a lot? Yeah, like on personal Facebook, I don't really think that it's a good idea to do that on Instagram and Facebook page. Yeah, like, of course, on LinkedIn as well. I don't use ManyChat. I've used it before. We dropped 75% of our sales calls on the year in the year 2020 because we try to automate the whole process. So I don't believe in doing that. Instead, we just automate the initial part and then a human comes in and enters. So we essentially break all of our content. And then, of course, all of our lead generation down into three categories, which is top of the funnel middle of the funnel, bottom of the funnel. And anything that's bottom of the funnel, that's the only ones where our team jumps in. We used to jump in on middle and top of the funnel as well. But once we analyzed the data and we looked at, okay, we just had 50 members join our membership in a month. And so let's look and see what is the journey of these customers. Zero of them had come from top of the funnel content, like literally zero. All of them had seen at least one piece of bottom of the funnel content. So at least now we know, okay, our assumption was correct. So we're just not going to waste our time on that. And I'm not trying to right now build like a really, 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 really big team. I don't want that anymore. I'm trying to instead make our marketing assets so strong that the marketing does the majority of the work instead of like needing to always have 10 plus people in the DMs like I had before, which was crazy. So just going back to your point, we actually white label go high level for our clients. And so we've built all of the DM automations on behalf of the client anyways, whereby when they use our version of, we call it my scale systems, when they use that, we've just got it all there ready for them because we made all the mistakes already. <laughs> um, so we don't want our customers to like try and go ahead and start making all those mistakes as well. And so I would say with regards to something like ManyChat or a chatbot or something, I think there's definitely ways like what we do where it's really, really organic. And I like as well how we get everything to go into our CRM at the right stage of the pipeline so that we don't have to use a ton of zaps because it just gets really confusing because there's so many potential conversation flows. Yeah, that makes sense because it's all integrated inside of high level. So you can see whether it's email or chat communication it's all associated with that one individual. Exactly. Yeah. And if they're coming in and they, for us, the keyword that we use is info. So like if they say info, then we know that this is like a hot lead that we need to like pay close attention to. Okay. So talk a little bit about that. You were talking about top, middle, bottom of the funnel content. How do you distinguish between the three and is your call to action different for the three? Yeah, the call to action is different. So for bottom of the funnel, we have info. For middle of the funnel, we have results. And for top of the funnel, we have access. And so for the top and the middle of the funnel, we just get them to go to a free training. It's the same training for both. But the style of content that they see, whether it's organic or whether it's an ad, it has a different level of intent depending on whether it's a top of the funnel or a middle of the funnel. So the middle of the funnel stuff tends to be like more frameworks, more customer case studies, etc. Whereas top of the funnel tends to be like more broad reaching and there's literally zero intent of becoming a client. <laughs> and then when it comes to the bottom of the funnel, it's literally only like direct intent of becoming a client and learning exactly how our system can work for them. So at this point, if you're doing something for top or middle of the funnel, your goal is to essentially establish trust with them but give them some basic frameworks that might help them in their business. But ultimately, if they use those frameworks, they get some results, then they might be ready for the bottom of the funnel. So you're just nurturing them down through there. Oftentimes, the middle of the funnel go directly into 
our sales process. So oftentimes, because the content that they receive for the top of the funnel and the middle of the funnel, because it's the same, there is an opportunity at the end to apply. It's just that what we've noticed is that when someone comes through a top of the funnel front end that they see on social or from ads, like we're not running ads right now, but we will be, we won't bother running any ads to the top of the funnel stuff just because nobody ever applies from that. And so while it's good to get people into our email list and our indoctrination, we find that directly they never, if they can't like literally never, this has never happened where they come from a top of the funnel content. And from that piece of top of the funnel, they never apply. Like it just doesn't happen like that. So instead, what we found is that through the middle of the funnel, then oftentimes people do go ahead and apply, but that's only around 30% of our overall application. The majority of our applications by absolute far come from the bottom of the funnel content, which is actually a totally different video. It's more of a VSL. So it's like 7.5 minutes on two times speed video. (laughs) So 15 minutes. And it really just breaks down like this is exactly what the impact operating system is. This is how it works. Here's the type of person this is good for. Here's what you're going to get inside. And here's how to apply. Just click the button below and you can apply right now. And so that's also the video that right now we've linked in all of our bios on social media. However, every month we do a live training. And for the live training, we push everyone, whether they're top, middle, or the bottom of the funnel, to go to that live training. And again, what we've seen is that people that were previously top of the funnel are now converting from that. So the sales cycle is longer for the top of the funnel people, but now when they come to the live training, they get more indoctrination or if they watch the replay and then from there, then they apply. So it just takes a bit longer with those. And is your live training essentially what you're teaching on the VSL, but just a little extended? No, it's totally different. The VSL is literally for people with pure intent. So people who are like, I know what Impact School is all about, but like, how can I work with them? Or I've heard about Impact School and I've seen all these testimonials. How does this thing work and how can I get these results? So the VSL is literally like breaking down step by step how the impact OS works whereas the live training is really like full proper strategy so for example we're going to do one in like a couple of weeks and basically your lead generation isn't working question mark like here's exactly why it's going to be obviously better than that but the most common thing that we've been hearing in our clientele and our customers, like the reason why they joined with us is because they can't figure out how to get their lead generation working because they have a lot of contacts, but they're not converting into like actual proper leads or customers. And so obviously I kind of laid out earlier the reasons why lead gen may not work, but we're going to do like a really, 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 really in-depth training, breaking down like why the lead gen isn't working. And then at the end, we're going to say, by the way, you want to come into the Impact OS and we'll blah, 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 you know, and we'll do a pitch at the end to get them to apply. Yes, it's a little bit more webinar stuff. Oh, 100%. You're speaking on a very specific I think we'll do perfect webinar, to be honest. We normally just do, we normally just do that because it just works. And that's for those of you who aren't familiar with that. So when she's talking about VSL, she's talking about video sales letter. And then when she's talking about perfect webinar, she's talking about Russell Brunson's perfect webinar format, which you can find anywhere basically at this point. Okay, but you are making some big shifts right now, which I think is awesome. So you and I are both in the school community. Sam's built an awesome platform. You all have heard me talk about it before. You've seen the interviews that I've done with Sam for school. And Lauren did a post in there. We already had this podcast episode scheduled, but I was like, whoa, 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 wait a second. Like she's making a big shift. So I want to hear about this because it did seem like you are toning it back a little bit on the team side. So you're trying to simplify and you're simplifying the offer package as well, but people are still getting amazing results. So talk a little bit about what led you to even make a shift and then what direction you're heading in. Yeah, totally. So we've done like one-on-one consulting over the last four or so years up until this point. 
And it's been great. Like I've really enjoyed it. I think the thing that I realized is that at the end of the day, at some stage, you have to decide what type of business do you want to be? Do you want to be a sales focused organization or do you want to be a retention focused organization? And as a coaching business, like naturally, I mean, I want to be a retention focused organization because if let's say I have my core teams, which is one, my customer success two my operations and tech, and then three, my sales and marketing. If within sales and marketing, I have like a giant sales team (laughs) that's taking, let's say that then becomes the fourth division of the company. So sales and marketing are split into two. So 25% of my time is going into sales and marketing, team management and systems, et cetera. And so what I realized is like my time was just going so much into managing and helping the sales team, which was becoming like kind of exhausting for me. I just didn't really like it. And I began to think, why do I have this concept in my head that I need a giant sales team? I began to think, oh my gosh, it's because I've seen so many ads of people telling me I need a big sales team. And then who am I seeing those ads from? I'm seeing ads from people that teach people and get people to pay like 50K plus to build a giant sales team. So then I thought, ah, okay, well, is my assumption correct? So I said to my team, like, let's give this a test. Two days before the webinar, let's actually just launch this membership. So we kind of changed the end, we changed the pitch, all that. And it was cool. It was really, really great. I mean, you saw kind of my stats that we were able to generate within the school community. And so we were able to, within less than a three week period, generate more than 100K in cash collected from a new launch. And we didn't need a single salesperson. I just did quick 15 minute interviews myself. And with regards to like the future potential of the business, well, that's all recurring revenue. So obviously now we need to balance churn and everything. And we're already doing a really, really great job of that. And I feel confident in making sure that we are not churning actually, because since the last four weeks, I've been studying that like crazy. And we've been reaching out one-on-one to every single member that doesn't show if they don't show up in a week. And so that's been so valuable. But to your point, I decided to make the change primarily because I felt like the sales team thing, I just realized that I'd been brainwashed, to be honest, like if I'm being frank. And the second thing was also that in the customer success side, our profit margins were going down quite substantially. So in the past, I had been used to 70% profit margins and we were getting closer to 50. And I began to realize that the reason why is because if I am constantly having to hire consultants from like McKinsey or people that had had their own seven figure agencies in the past, that was primarily who I was hiring. I had to pay these giant salaries and that just wasn't really like (laughs) feeling stable to me because if we just had one more client one-on-one, I had to hire an entire person for our whole salary. And so then customers would pay us up front and don't get me wrong, they were paying a lot between 25 to 100K. But once they paid, then there was no more cash flow coming in until they renewed. And so we then had to spend the next six months essentially using that money that we had been paid to go out to the team, which again, the profit margins for most, you know, if you had an e-com business and you were to say 50% profit margins, they're going to be like, that's crazy high. But to me, that wasn't high. And that was actually causing me personally, like a lot of stress because I just saw it going down and down and down. And I thought, well, I wonder how much further down this is going to go. And so at the end of the day, I just realized, you know what, I'm in this simple operations and they kind of run their business this way. Let's give it a go. And so we did it. And it's been interesting because obviously like we still have one-on-one that we're selling just for a short period of time. We're not trying to sell it massively. We're only going to max out like one of our consultants on our team. So our cash flow that we've been used to having has been a little lower than before because obviously we've switched to the membership model. But I'm more in this for the long game now because I want monthly recurring revenue and I want to be able to get this to a point where we can sell it without needing my face and my name. So everything holistically kind of will just compile together. And this seemed like the right direction for us to go in as a company. Yeah, it's kind of crazy because 
because we're making the same shift. I've talked about this a little bit on the podcast, but we're shifting from me doing primarily one-on-one consulting, having a ton of one-on-one clients to the group consulting model, group model. It's a recurring revenue membership. Mm -hmm. And for me, I actually think they are getting more value because they have all of the other business owners and leaders in there as well that are contributing to the conversation. And honestly, there many of them are able to move at the same speed that my one-on-one clients mm-hmm. are. So I'm excited about this model and I'm glad that you're moving to it. And just for everybody's context, she's not talking about like a $97 a month membership. We interview people here who have low, really low ticket, like $27 a month memberships all the way up to a higher ticket membership. So I'm guessing yours is probably more in the like thousand to two thousand dollars a month is that kind of the range right now yeah so we do 1200 every four weeks and we bill every four weeks instead of every month because there's an extra billing cycle like there's 13 four week periods in the year rather than 12 if it was monthly makes sense and so how many people do you have in your program right now in school we have 97 and then six of them on my team who are in there that's pretty amazing for a brand new program which speaks to going back to your social media like to your personal brand that you've built if you were talking to somebody right now who's like i have a successful membership you know, we make good money, things are good. But like, I want to scale, I want to grow this, or maybe I want to consider shifting to a different business model. How much do you think what you've done with your personal brand on social media comes into play with your success? Yeah, I mean, I think it's one of those things where like, what got you here won't get you there. And I'm happy with the success that I've had from my personal brand until now. However, um, I want to shift more into like a company brand. That's my personal goal. And so like, I think if you want a really, really nice cash flowing business, then I think personal branding is literally everything. If you want to like try and exit your business one day, then you need to be able to make sales and generate client results without needing you. So it kind of just depends on what somebody's goal is. For example, most of my customers and my members, they don't want to sell that business and they want the business to be them at the front facing thing of everything. And so I think like personal branding is just a case of committing to it and putting out content. I think, you know, you can obviously hire ghostwriters and everything, but at the end of the day, it's one of those things where if you're not showing up as you and your personality, then it's just not going to be as efficient as you want it to be. For example, tomorrow I'm going to be filming for like 12 hours straight content. And so it's just something that I need to do once every three months. I do that full day of shooting that gets me my content for the next three months and then I go and do it again. And is it something that I'm particularly excited about? Not really, um, but it's just a fact of the matter that it has to get done. And so when you build a personal brand and when you're able to build an audience around yourself and your interests and, and your personality, then the beautiful thing is you can sell more or less anything as long as it is something that you're actually qualified to speak on. So like I did first fitness and then I did personal branding, then I did lead generation stuff. And now obviously I'm doing what I'm doing today, which is really all about helping people sell and scale their knowledge online. And that's only come purely because of me and the stuff that I'm interested in talking about. And I think that's a really nice thing regarding personal branding is like, it's the one thing that follows you for life. So it's probably the best thing that you can invest in because at the end of the day, any time and effort that you put into it now, it's going to be pay dividends into the future. And so I, that's probably like the one thing that I just, I never skimp on spending on my personal brand because it's always going to be there for me, right? And so while business expenses, you know, like it's for that current business right now, the personal brand is always there. So I think it's definitely worth paying attention to and really focusing on and dedicating a minimum of an hour a day to get a quality piece of content up and doing everything you can to protect that time to make it happen. 
So you're still investing in your personal brand as you're looking at taking impact school and really building that out as its own corporate brand as well. Something that we talk about this a lot on the podcast, but something that could potentially be sold or it just allows you to get into a position where you own it, but you don't necessarily have to be in it and running it day in and day out. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So like my goal would be so that leads don't come through me at all, that they come through the company. So that's what we're focusing on getting outbound and our paid media dialed in right now. And so, yeah, it's been going pretty good so far. I mean, obviously, the majority of our lead flow comes through my name still to this day, which isn't ultimately where I want it to be in the long term. Just simple things like if, for example, you don't have a proper system so that if, let's say, no one on your team is able to reply to DMs that day, who else needs to be logged into your personal brand account to be able to pick up the lead, right? If no one, then it's you because it's your account. So simple things like that, those are like more forgotten systems that have to be put in place when it's a personal brand thing. Because if it was, let's say, a company email and the person that mans the company email is off, there's obviously going to be somebody else on the team who's manning that email that day. So with a personal brand, you just got to make sure that you have the same system set up because if it's nobody else, then it's going to be you because it's you. Yeah. It's so interesting because we're making this shift right now. We were just mapping out with the team how our community cultivated brand, we're going to actually start building social media and everything for that brand because we want to, we have a lot of people coming to us to hire and train community managers or to become community managers. And that's a piece of what we do. But my work is really on the member experience and building member journey maps for recurring revenue systems. And so we're trying to make the shift to where like all of the community manager training aspect is really its own company under community cultivated. And then I still get to just like lean in and focus on the member experience, retention and journey mapping side of things that I really love. So we're asking ourselves this same question right now of what does that look like for us to continue to create content for the personal brand, but then to also create for this business brand? And how are those two things different? How do they work together? And so as you're looking at this new program that you have, this recurring revenue program, that's more of this group experience, membership experience, how are you going to be getting leads differently? Like how is your sales funnel going to shift from what it was before to what it is now to scale this recurring revenue company. So a mistake I think a lot of people make when they add a new lead source is they stop what they were doing before and just suddenly quit. So we're not going to stop what we're already doing. I'm very much going to continue doing that. And we love doing live webinars every month. This always works for us. You can easily go ahead and sell a bunch of people just from doing a live training, get a ton of applications with quality members through the door. And so we'll continue doing that for sure. The way that we're going to start things is instead of just trying to randomly do something totally different, we're at first just going to start inviting a cold audience and lookalike audiences to the live training. So that's going to be the first thing. So that's literally the most simple thing. It's like we're trying to give free stuff, different free stuff to the same audience repeatedly, which is my audience and the impact school email list, which is like 50,000 or so. So we're continuously taking different concepts and delivering it free to that same group. So now what we need to just do is take one of those concepts that works really well that we know works. And we're going to now just run ads to that. So that's like the first and most simplest thing. The primary thing that's really focusing on getting working is outbound. So we're going to be finding a way to automate outbound messaging and email using AI 
and then trying to see if we can automate the conversation and get them to come to a live training. So we're all our conversion mechanism. We don't want to try and change too many things at once because I think that's a really dangerous thing to do. We've picked the live training that we're going to just do again and again and again. But instead of keeping inviting our organic audience who's already seen that there, we'll invite them every few months to that. But for the most part, we're going to take that one thing and we're going to just get new eyeballs onto that because we know that that conversion thing works. Then what we're going to do is once we have got that working live, we're going to automate it. And then from there, we're just going to scale and find different ways to bring in new leads. Like we're really trying to keep it super simple, one training and then just different lead sources. And so cold email and then ads with my team in the ads, or maybe we'll even hire actors. Not entirely sure yet. Maybe our clients as well, we'll get them to do some UGC user generated content and have testimonials and stuff to run ads again to the training that we know that converts. And then that's pretty much going to be it. Like we're going to try and keep it really, really, really simple because I think when you start adding a ton of different conversion mechanisms, different webinars, different VSLs, different trainings, plus tons of different live stuff and meshing it with your organic and paid, it gets really confusing. So instead we want to keep it simple and we can then scale from there and we were considering launching a newsletter but we decided not to go with that right now it's too much to do all at once so we want to get this working which is probably going to take like about a year to really dial that in and then from there we'll continue to scale beyond that it's so good because i'm thinking about clients right now and we have one client in particular that scaled to eight figures and she had the same sales funnel for years to get to that eight figures it was like she was just finding different traffic sources mm-hmm. to get to the same sales funnel and now she's teaching the same concept but she tests different things like one day workshops or paid challenges or whatever it might be. And so she's testing different modes of delivering the same information, but they know that content sells. And so it's amazing to see how simple they have kept things and how they've been able to scale versus we have another multi seven figure client that's really struggled. Their retention has increased by five percentage points, which is amazing, but their acquisition is still really struggling, but they're constantly testing new webinar topics Mm -hmm. every single month. And we're always having this conversation of like, why haven't you gone back to that one webinar that you did that absolutely crushed it? Like, can we just deliver on that over and over again? And I think you're right that often when people launch a new program, they think they have to build an entirely new sales funnel for that program. And you're so smart to just say, you know what, we already know what works. We're just going to stick with it. In fact, we're even going to simplify it even more. We're just going to look at our numbers. We're going to find the training that converts and attracts well, and we're going to just bring more traffic to that through cold outbound and through ads. Exactly. Like you nailed it. I mean, I think we, for our organic audience, we do like to do different stuff because I think it's an opportunity to test to see if you can get something that works better than the other thing. But at the end of the day, yeah, keeping it simple. And also to make an organic training is like the easiest thing in the world. Because right now I just get on and I just kind of talk because my audience knows me and trusts me already. So it's not as much pressure (laughs) with the cold stuff. For sure. Lauren, this has been so good. I love that we caught you at this moment where you're having this shift in your business because you have so much wisdom to share about how you get people into the DMs. But then you also have a lot of wisdom of going like, I wouldn't build my business this way if I restarted. And here's where I'm headed to scale it now. And so it gives people a lot of perspective because I think oftentimes we get people who are much earlier in building a business. And I've been a full-time entrepreneur for 10 years. And so I've kind of tried all the things. And you know, I feel like I've had my hands in a lot of it. And there's a lot of it that I'm like, yeah, I'm never going to do that because I've been there, done that, tried that. And so to get somebody who's in a position where they had success with one methodology, but then they took a step back and they're like, I'm super stressed. I'm seeing profit margins go down. This isn't the life that I want to live. And so this business has to shift to support that. 
I think that's hugely valuable. So I'm really glad we caught you at this point. So tell me, I know everybody's going to be like, okay, how do I follow what she's doing? How do I like see what's going on with all of this webinar stuff and everything? So what's the best way for people to kind of get into your world and the impact school world? Yeah, totally. So I'm just on social media, Lauren Tickner everywhere, L-A-U-R-E-N-T-I-C-K-N-E-R. And probably any link in my bio, you can check out a webinar or something. There'll be something linked there, whatever is hot right now. So yeah, you can find me everywhere and yeah, it'd be great to connect. Just let me know that you came from here and I'm happy to answer any questions for your people as well. If they have anything, just you can direct it to me and send me a message. So good. I love it. Thanks for being here. Thank you. This was fun. Thank you so much for having me. Hey, if you're serious about creating a thriving online community, then you need to really understand the four foundations of every thriving community. I'm going to teach it to you in a free seven minute training. That's right. It's just seven minutes. You don't even have to give me your email address to get access. All you have to do is go to freecommunitytraining.com or DM me the word training over on Instagram to get access. Hey friend, thanks for listening. If you like this episode, make sure to subscribe. Then do me a favor and leave a review letting me know what you want to hear more of. To learn more about the show or connect with me, head to shanalyn.com. That's S-H-A-N-A-L-Y-N-N.com. Until next time.